It is Monday, March 21st, 2022. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. This is baseball today. We've got a ton to talk about, but I got to start with this. Are you a Jeff Gordon fan? Is that why you're wearing the number 24 on your head? Are you an NASCAR driver now? I do like Jeff Gordon. I call him Gordy, but um, 24, as you know, is, uh, it's a big number in sports, especially with the Minnesota Twins, Tom Brunanski, Trevor Plouffe, Joe Creedy. Josh Donaldson. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of really prominent players, a lot of power in the number 24. You got to have some serious onions to wear a a hat with your number on it. I just want to say that's pretty good. It's got my name on the back, too. Does it? Let's see. You are so show. It's incredible. Here's the thing, though. I had a different hat on, but you had the twins lid on. We're going to be talking about some twin stuff. So I said, you know what? Let's let's do it for the show well, we we got to get to it because we try to keep this show no more than 25 minutes so you get all your digestible baseball material and then you can go about your day so let's start it off with carlos correa the shocker of all shockers three years 103 mil he's got some opt-outs in there to go to the twins scale of one to ten how surprised were you ten i don't know i think everyone was on the same level there you know the twins coming out of nowhere to do this deal now on the twin side it makes all the sense in the world i don't think they ever thought they were going to get here uh, for Carlos, it's probably a little bit disappointing. That's at least what I feel uh, for him. The guy looking at Corey Sear getting a guaranteed, you know, 300 plus mil. And now you're s- settling for a hundred guaranteed, most likely going to opt out after this year. But I kind of want to talk about it from the twins perspective. You know, they get a guy, an MVP, an MVP caliber player, platinum glove winner last year. Now they got two platinum glove players on their defense. Got to love that. And I, I think they essentially see this as, it's just like a win, 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 win. I don't, I, there's so many situations they can win. If they're out of contention, they can trade him and get some prospects. Um, if he signs back up, great. You got a, a great player for you. Um, it's a stopgap for guys like Royce Lewis, Austin Martin. You're not necessarily blocking those guys like you would have if you signed Trevor Story to a six-year deal. So I think it makes a ton of sense for the Twins. I don't want to rain on the parade. You still need some starting pitching. I love me some Joe Ryan. I know they just went out and got Sonny Gray. It's kind of been the Twins' problem since I was there. You you can get all the bats you want. You can score all the runs you want, but you still have to have some starting pitching. I think they're still a little bit off from being a real contender, but that's not to say they can't make a move. So I I love this for the Twins. Um, Iffy on it for Carlos. How do you feel? Well, Aaron Gleeman, who covers the Twins for the Athletic, had this quote, Correa is the most shocking transaction the Twins have ever made. And I would agree with him. I, I couldn't believe it when I found out. I think I woke up on Saturday morning and that had happened. I was like, what? This can't be like, you know how you wake up, you're in a little bit of a fog. You don't know if you're really awake or if you're still sleeping. And I checked my phone. I was like, this is impossible. But it is. I agree with you from the Twins standpoint. If they find lightning in a bottle, if they make a trade for one of those A's guys, and they're able to put it together, and the White Sox have a worse year than we anticipate them having, who knows? Maybe they go on this incredible run. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he ends up getting traded this year, but I think it's a wonderful move, and I think it's great to the fan base that you get rid of all the money in the Donaldson trade, and you don't just sit on it, that you spent some of it. So I love that aspect of it. But I mentioned last week, I thought he was going to the Tigers. It sounded like there was a report out there that they offered him a nice – deal over $250 million before the lockout. It didn't happen. He wanted to wait and see if he could get over three bones, which I get. Didn't happen there. 
And then I suggested he take a short deal. Remember that last week? Mm -hmm. Sure. That's where we are. And it doesn't shock me. It, it, it shocks me that he had to settle for this. It really does. Not now. I mean, it, there's only so many chairs available in this dance. Yeah, I mean, look, the guy enters free agency, platinum glove award winner, highest war in, mm. in the big leagues last year, and then he gets slapped in the face with a lockout by the owners. It's disappointing for him. I, I know he'll never say that. And he's like, obviously, he's making a lot of money. Okay, let's not, I'm, let's not twist this, people. The guy's a very rich man. But when you're looking at, Corey Seager and what he got and then kind of what you had to settle for. And you're like, dude, I am just as good as him, if not better. I'm, I think he's younger too. I'm not really sure on that, but comparable at the very least. And now this is kind of what you're settling for. It's it's, it'll be interesting to see how it plays. I, I want to see his attitude in Minnesota. I want to see it because like the villain role doesn't necessarily play in Minnesota, or maybe it does. Maybe this is what we need it in doesn't. twins territory to get past the Yankees. Cause all I ever hear is the fucking Yankees. Well, part of the reason that the villain thing worked in Houston was because they were so damn good. You can't really be a villain on a shitty team. It doesn't work. Oh, yeah, you can. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Well, you're about to see. No, they're going to be a good team this year. They're going to beat the no, Yankees what I'm in the saying playoffs. Is, Carlos Correa, let's go. A, you have to be a real contender. One of the reasons that the people hate the Yankees over the years or the, or the Patriots over the years because they're always in contention. If you're not Dude, that you good, can, then people are like, they don't give a shit. Yeah, but you can be a, a, a villain on a bad team. Like, Vontez Burfix, a villain. He was on the Bengals. They were never good. Well, he became a villain when they started getting the playoffs, too. You forget about yeah, that. Yeah, look, look. I think the Twins can be good. They need to make moves. Yes. They're not there yet. I agree there. But agree. Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa, 1-2 overall in the draft in 2012, playing together. Yeah. And we'll end it with this. It's going to be very interesting. I don't ever remember a player being the top free agent on the board in consecutive years, but I think that's going to happen when he opts out, when he opts out. So, oh, you've taken your 24 hat wow. out. Okay. Move on. So, um, you know, hours after Correa signs on the dotted line with the Twins, the Red Sox are like, shit, we got to do something. They signed Trevor Story, six for 140, opt out after four. If they pick up the option, it could be seven for 160. Do you like this move enough to say World Series contenders? Chris, what happened in 2021? Red Sox were in the ALCS. I believe that means they're World Series contenders. I don't think they got worse from last year. So, oh. of course, they're World Series contenders. Of course, they are. I, I, like, I love what Trevor Story brings. He's going to play second base for them. Uh, I think their infield is stacked. Pitching. I mean, you can say this about a lot of teams. I continuously say it because it is important in our sport, but their pitching is okay. You got you have all the Pavetta at the top of the rotation. Does Sale. he put them over the top? Does he change their team that much? I, I think he I think he he's makes them better than last year. They kind of shocked everyone last year. They just kept yes, they winning did. last year. Yep. Um, you know, they got rid of Schwarber's not there anymore. Um, you know, Erod's e not, not there. there. I get that, but I think Story is a better player than Schwarber. I think he means more to a team than, than Schwarber would, even though Schwarber killed it for the Red Sox last year. Uh, I, I think 100% the World Series contenders, the, the problem is they're just in a really, really tough division. So, I mean, they're one of the best teams in baseball right now, but they got to get through a gauntlet before they get to the postseason. And that could serve them very well. They could just go in and, and be battle-tested by the time they get in there, kind of like last year. So I like this move for them. Trevor Story... I said it before on this show, he came on Talking Baseball. After he came on Talking Baseball, I was like, any team is lucky to have this guy in the organization, and I think the Red Sox are going to cherish this guy. People in Boston, 
You're going to love him because he works hard and all he, all he wants to do is play baseball. That's all this guy likes to do. So you got a good one. A couple of things. I'm a big fan of his. He's coming off his worst statistical year pretty much since his rookie season. You know, an 801 OPS. Still has hit at least 24 homers in every full major league season. Guy can run. Guy can steal you 20 bags as long as they're going to let him loose there. If you look at his numbers, Hunter Renfro had a better offensive year than Trevor Story did a year ago. He just did. He didn't have a better war because he doesn't play the same position. He doesn't run the way that Story does, all that sort of stuff. But if you just look at the numbers, including OPS, OPS plus, Hunter Renfro, and he's gone. You think think Hunter Renfro is a better player than Trevor Story? That's not what I said. You think he's a better offensive player than Trevor Story? That's not what I said. What did I say? I said he had a better offensive season statistically. That's all I said. Okay. I mean, all you can do is look at the numbers there, and he did. That's not a shot at Trevor Story. I think he's going to bounce back to what he has been in Colorado. To me, the most interesting part of this equation is does this fuck up Xander Bogarts mentally? He is. He can opt out after this year. He, he, does, he won't admit it, but we all know that Trevor Story is a better defensive shortstop, right? It's the Jeter-A-Rod syndrome here a little bit. And the Red Sox know that if Bogarts opts out, that they can move Story back to short. And I think Xander Bogarts has been one of the most unheralded players over the last decade in this sport, underappreciated. And I think he feels like his own team is underappreciating him a little bit. I don't think, I don't think he feels that way. I mean, look at the, he has all the leverage. He has the opt out, you know, like he, he has the position right now. So he's happy. He, you just added an incredible player to your team that went to the ALCS in 2021. This guy wants to win. Like he's got to be happy. He has all the chips in his hand. So I don't think this messes with him mentally at all. I really, I really don't. Um, And maybe story will make him a better shortstop like that. When you get together with guys and you're taking ground balls in spring training and Mm -hmm. you know, you're like, dang, like show me how you did that. And, And vice versa, you know, like, Bogarts can show story something doesn't have to be mutually exclusive like these guys can help each other get better and I think they will it'll be fascinating to watch I I, I love that division I love the signing for Boston I think that division fantastic crazy I would be curious to see if during the negotiations they did tell Trevor's story hey there's a good shot that Xander's not going to be with us next year you're going to get a chance to move back to short maybe possible another big signing Nick Castellanos as we opined last week, the expected move to Philly, five for 100. Are you now more impressed with Philly's lineup or more worried about their pitching and defense? You know, I hate when you ask questions like this. Because this bro. Is, I laughed when I wrote this because I knew it was going to screw you up. But it's a funny, it's, it's like, it's a, it's a true tester. It's tester. I mean, the defense is going to be absolutely atrocious. I hope they can find a way to figure some things out, you know, by placing people in the right spots. I don't know, man. Like Castellanos, the guy can bang. He's not a defender, okay? The DH spot we know is not just going to be for one person. It's going to be utilized a lot for rest days and all that. So Schwarber's also going to be out in the field uh, at some point. He's not very good out there either. He can bang. So I think that's going to be a big problem for them. They're going to have to drive in more than they let in, and that doesn't usually work out, you know, for a team on a whole, the pitching staff is going to be looking out there sometimes like with their hands on their hips, shaking their head. Remember the JT real Muto clip when he's like, yep. I think we're going to see a lot of that this year there. 
But that's not to say like this team is legit. Like their lineup is legit. They still have uh, Wheeler, who I think is a little bit banged up right now, but he'll be yeah, okay. He, had a, he was dealing with a little shoulder thing. He did throw a pen this weekend, but it's something we got to keep our eye on. If he's, I'm assuming he's going to be good for the season. Nola, I believe, will bounce back. People forget about Ranger Suarez and what he he's did. Great. Kyle Gibson is a solid three or four. I think I guess he's their four now. Like they brought yeah, some guy named Hans. Three or four in this division when you're going against I think the so. Mets. When you're going against I think the Braves. So. Do you remember what Kyle Marlins pitching? Staff? Remember what Kyle Gibson did last year early in the season? Sub two ERA. Yeah. You know he had some things go wrong for him at the end of the season, but he. I, I think if you slot Kyle Gibson as your four starter, you're mm-hmm. pretty happy with your rotation. Okay. I hope so. They added to the bullpen. I mean, they signed four free agents already, I believe. So like. They're trying to do some, it, We've, including some guys at the back end of their career. Familia and Hand, we don't know. You know, Corey Knebel was great a year ago. I'm just saying, we have to. Let me shine. Let me just let me do positive, then you do negative. But I'm questioning what yeah. this is. What we do here, we have to be no. honest because people are listening to this and they're yelling back at us, whether it's in podcast form or on YouTube form, and they're saying, "Ploof, I get it," but there are question marks. Now, the one thing I do want to say about the defense. I went and read a bunch of articles on this. The lat, do you know the last time the Phillies made the playoffs? I don't. 2011. They have the longest active playoff drought in the National League, I believe. Okay. Their defensive run saved that season. If I read the stat correctly, was negative 56. They were a minus 56 in the defensive run saved, and they won 102 games. So. It can be done. It can be done. You're walking a fine line with something like that. You do. You got to win a lot of eight to six games, brother. It's going to be interesting. This We've talked about the window that the Phillies have. Um, Harper's there for a zillion more years, but like not everyone else is. And people and some people are going to start to get expensive. Oh. I think here's the biggest thing that the, the Phillies, I think, need to do. They need to be able to close out games when they have the lead. That has not happened for them lately. We know the bullpen's been a problem. But if you get a lead, if they can find ways to close out games, breathe a little confidence, bam, 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 I think they can get on a roll. If they have some bullpen woes where, like, the team scores a bunch of runs and then the bullpen gives up a bunch of runs, I think they'll be – they won't be very happy in Philly this year if that happens. Uh, And I understand that. It's why I wonder if they spent the money properly on these two guys, right? And everybody's making the point that they got Schwarber and Castellanos combined for less than they could have gotten Chris Bryant for. That's a great move. I love it. But did you – like, Kenley Jansen was still out there. Yeah. I know he's not that fire-breathing monster that Kenley was for the better part of a decade in L.A. It's pretty he's good. Still really, I think he's still good. And We're going we're to talk about him in a little bit. I know. So – would they have been wise to pass on one of those two guys, maybe made a trade for an Austin, Austin Meadows or something like that, and then brought in Jansen at the back end? Wouldn't that have made more sense? I, I mean, I would love to have Jansen in that bullpen. I don't know how much prospect capital they're working with. They got Mick Abel and Bryson Stott. Are there two top 100 prospects? Right. Um, so there's sometimes you just can't make a deal. I'm sure they were aggressively trying to get relievers you know, all through the winter, they did. They signed Brad Hand and and uh, Kniebel and who else? Familia and somebody else. Who was it? Uh, yeah, there was somebody else. Anyways, it's going to be a problem. The defense is going to get back to our original point. The defense <laughs> is going to be a problem. There's going to be some booze in Philly. And I love Philly fans 
I said one thing bad about them one time and they hated me, but now we're on good terms. So just, you know. And by the way, if there's two guys who can handle that, it's Castellanos and Schwarber. Like they yeah. got, they brought the right mentality into this clubhouse, you know? Castellanos might hit 60 homers this he year. He might. I'm excited. You know, I saw a little bit of Schwarber's press conference today. I thought it was good. I can't wait for Castellanos in that city. They're, That's a hell of a clubhouse, man. That is going to be a fun team to cover. I can tell you that. Yeah. You mentioned Kenley Jansen. Ends mm -hmm. up getting one for 16 from the Atlanta Braves. Is that a bigger get for the champs or a bigger loss for the Dodgers? Man, you hit me with the tough ones today. I think it's a bigger get for the Braves. Um, it, it's, a bit, it's a big loss for the Dodgers, too. I mean, this is a guy – see, I'm not, we're in a little weird world here because we know a bunch of Dodger fans, or at least I do. Mm -hmm. And as successful as Kenley has been for them, he still gets a rap like, man, it's a roller coaster. He's going to put some guys on. It's not clean innings all the time. You know, hold on to your seats, blah, blah, blah. So maybe people will say good riddance, you know, go to Atlanta, give them some, some nightmares when you come out of the pen. But I don't think it's going to be that way because Kenley did reinvent himself a little bit last year. He stopped throwing his cutter, you know, 80% of the time. He started throwing his sinker a little bit more. And when guys can do that and find success, you know, that can prolong their career for a couple more years. He was lights out for the Dodgers in the playoffs. So why do you think Atlanta, it helps them more than it hurts the Dodgers? Because if you remember, before the postseason, all people in Atlanta could say was, our bullpen stinks. It's scary. It's really scary. And then they went into the postseason and were like the most dominant force in the right. postseason. But wasn't that I think, more of a Will Smith narrative than anything else? That that Will Smith put up big save numbers but danced around issues a la Kenley Jansen at times? Sure. I just think that the Braves adding another piece to their bullpen is huge for them. And they continue. like They're just like getting better. I know they lost Freddie Freeman, but you know the whole Olsen thing. They're getting Ronald Acuna back. You add a guy like Jansen. I think it's cool. Like He came out and said, uh, I, I watched – players from curacao and that's why i like the braves I, that's why i like baseball because i was right. watching the braves so he like kind of it's full circle for him i think he's gonna be happy there i think sometimes a change of scenery is needed um i don't know it's 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 a both a big loss and a, a great gain for the braves i just rather uh, talk about the positives chris you know how i am they call me positive p i get that um okay let's be honest kenley jansen is a tremendous luxury for the Atlanta Braves. Now he's going to take over the ninth inning role and Will Smith had a chat we'll with see. Alex I, They say that. I'm curious about that. I am too. I am too. I think it's going to be more matchup driven than anything else um, because Kenley is a guy that can come in other innings. You know, I don't think he strictly has to be the ninth. He is the Dodgers all-time saves leader, but he has that experience in the playoffs where he has come in in different situations. And because he's had successful um, guys who can slam the door shut behind him, He's been okay with that come playoff time. We'll see if it works out in the regular season. But you look at that bullpen, right? Will Smith, Matzik, uh, Minter. They signed Colin McHugh. Luke Jackson's still there. This is a luxury to have. The Dodgers, I know they've got Blake Trinan. I know that Bruce Dark Greaterall is there, kind of the closer in waiting. But So they've lost two big arms, three in my opinion, between Knable, who wasn't there that long in L.A., Joe Kelly, who did a really nice job, and Kenley Jansen. And we have focused so much on the Freddie Freeman signing and all this with the Dodgers. We haven't talked enough about, do they have enough pitching starting and relieving? So we've been talking about that. They've only added one reliever. 
uh, and that is Daniel Hudson, who also right. has closing experience. But yeah, I, I agree. We 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 kind of talked about this. They have they have a top three guys in their rotation, and then we'll see what happens. The bullpen is. I'm looking at the bullpen right now, and it's like, uh, not, I'm not so sure. Well, this is what I'm saying: is that the Dodgers didn't want to go over the the huge threshold, and so they. And I just read an article in the LA Times today that that both sides wanted this marriage to continue. The Dodgers wanted Kenley, and Kenley wanted to stay in LA, even if it came down to a one year deal. Originally, he wanted a three, and the Dodgers weren't going to give that to him. He didn't even get a two on the open market, so he probably would have come back. The problem was the Dodgers still needed to move some money in order to then sign him. And that wasn't going to happen for a little while. So he couldn't stick around. The Braves got on the phone with him. They said, here, we want you one for 16. You got a couple hours to decide. So he had to decide. And I'm just telling you as much as Kenley came out over the weekend and said, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to be a brave. Andrew Jones is the biggest reason why I became a baseball fan in 96 when he was 19 and hitting two bombs in the world series opener against the Yankees. He wants to be in LA. I am telling you, he still wants to be in Los Angeles, and the Dodgers still wanted him here. They just couldn't. <laughs> so what make happened? It, it just couldn't work. I don't know, man. These guys are really smart. I feel like they could make it work. If you need to move around, you know, six, seven million dollars, I feel like you could do it. Who knows? It might have been more than that. Defer that or something. I don't know, man. I, I'm happy that Kenley is going to be somewhere where these guys are all in. Not that the Dodgers aren't all in either, but I'm happy he didn't have to go to. You know, a team, it's like he just went for the money and he's going to ride off into the sunset. Yeah, like no, he's no, going, no. he's going to be in some big time shit hey, in the I'm NL East, baby. NLCS game seven, Kenley versus Freddie Freeman game on the line. You know, we've already been thinking, everyone's already been th- yeah, thinking about be great. that. All oh right. Last thing, best thing you saw all weekend could be a performance, something emotional. What do you got? It's my baseball team. We have been going nuts we had a game my youth baseball team excuse me we had a game friday we had a game saturday we had pictures before game we have a game today and these kids are showing up and they are starting the light bulb is clicked Mm. all they want to do is practice baseball all they want to do we have practices that are an hour long i'm there for two hours every single day these kids don't want to leave so like i'm like seeing this beautiful passion starting to bud in these kids and it makes me like i'm like so proud I'm so freaking proud. And Fun. we're undefeated so far. Oh, nice. Nice. Way to save the uh, headline for last. What about you? Uh, you know, I'm a sap. I'm a, uh, I'm a father-son guy, parent-son. I don't care which side it comes from. So when I saw the Dusty Baker, Darren Baker mm. stuff over the weekend, it just melted my heart, right? Darren Baker, draft choice of the Washington Nationals, a team which essentially fired his dad and – he got to bring out the lineup card. He got the call. You know, he's a minor leaguer. And, you know, a half hour before the, the bus <laughs> ride or whatever, they're like, you're, you're with the big league squad today. Gets to go out, hand out, exchange the lineup card with his pops. Ends up getting put in as a defensive replacement. Hits a sack fly for the eventual game-winning run. I can only imagine what was going through Dusty Baker's mind. I get misty when I watch Brady play high school baseball, you know? Amazing thing ever. Very cool story. Can I throw one more out there? Please. Matt Chapman hitting his home run, his first homer as a Blue Jay. Mm -hmm. He looks good in blue. And if that boy puts up offensive numbers, he is an immediate MVP candidate. Hey, did he shave his porn stash or not? I 
can't I didn't, tell. I don't. I don't think so. I think very that's here to stay. Saw him in person. Very wiry. Yeah, he's a stud. He is a stud. Yeah. Okay. What do you have coming up on John Boy Media? A lot. Okay. This season started. My schedule's back. No more easy days for me. Uh, I'm going to record Talking Baseball directly after this. We're going live, so I think this comes out after Talking Baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, warehouse games. Blitzball tourney tonight. We are debuting Forgotten Rotten versus Baggage, the number one seed versus these dorks. The the dorks who are undefeated and are really the only team that have hit were the shit in this tournament so far, dude. This was an incredible game. So, like this, I I believe this is gonna be this game will be talked about for a long time. How about that? It's good stuff. What do you got? Love it. Uh, Latest episode of the Rose Rotation with Lucas Giolito and his acting brother, Casey, whom we met out at spring training and is just as tall as Lucas almost. I was like, damn, dude. Better looking. Well, yeah, that's fine. He's an actor. He should be. It's It's great. He's got the whole acting backdrop, like the gray backdrop with the well-lit everything because he does all of his auditions remotely. Um, But he was great. He was very funny. Had a lot of good stuff to say. They're very close. They're very close. There wasn't a lot of like big bro beating up on little bro. Cause there's like over five years difference between them age wise. Uh, but Casey was nice. excellent. Lucas was very good on a lot of stuff, including Carlos Correa joining the division. Um, some other stuff that went on. So good, good fun episode. And I'm taping one with uh, Amir Garrett tomorrow. Ooh. All right. New uh, Kansas city Royal Amir Garrett. Yeah. If you need to be traded from a team, you just come visit the mm-hmm. John boy media family. We'll get you well on your way. Love it. Oh, there's Chapman. He did shave. Yeah, he did shave. Maybe they don't allow porn stashes in Toronto. I don't know. He had to shave it at the border. Would that be funny if they gave him a disposable? <laughs> or like, sir, you can't come into the country. Sir, like it's a little creepy, bro. We'll put you on a list. That's not, we can't do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, special shout out to our producer extraordinaire, the one and only Robbie Scirocco. That is Trevor Plouffe. I'm Chris Rose. Thanks for joining us here on Baseball Today. We'll see you on Tuesday, everybody.